0: Hey friend, you are back for another episode of Aries Alchemist Tarot. And today we have a regular episode and we're going to be talking about life path numbers. Live from my bed. (laughs) Let's jump right in. Okay, I'm literally laying in bed. Under the blanket with my pillow, nice and cozy, but I wanted to get this episode out because I just skipped it last week. I have been so freaking exhausted. But um, this is one of the things that I think can be very insightful, just like your MBTI, which I talk about a lot, your human design, which I recently learned about, and of course your natal chart, which I also talk about a lot. But this is part of numerology, not astrology. So It's just another source that gives you very similar information from a different angle about your core personality. So um, your life path number is going to be closest to the information you get from your sun sign, I would say, Um, because it talks about like what's important to you, how you act and react, um, how you process life, what traits you can expect um like when you run into people how they kind of perceive you and so those are things that mostly include your sun sign and kind of your rising sign too um now i will kind of tell you some positive and negative traits like if you were to find out that a life path eight and you go and look that up online but negative and positive that's super relative but yeah so um how do you calculate your life path number. That's what I want to talk about first because it's super duper easy. You're going to get a number between one and nine or you'll get a master number. There's three master numbers, 11, 22, and 33. So let's say your birthday is October 22nd, 1980. So you'll do the number for the month. So that's 10. So now you'll have 10-22-1980. 10-22-1980. Super important to do the four digits for the year, not just the last two digits, which we're usually accustomed to writing. So the month 10, that's going to just reduce down to a one because you're going to drop that zero. There's no value in zero, in numerology at least. Um, and so 22, will leave that... Um, because it's a master number. Let's say it was 23 though, you would make that a five, so it's between the one and a nine. The year 1980, so you would add one plus nine plus eight plus zero, which is gonna be 18. So then you'll add all those together. So you dropped the zero from the month, so you got one, plus 22, you did not reduce that because 22 is a master number. And then 9. So 1 plus 22 plus 9 is 32. And then you'll further reduce that to 5. Because 3 plus 2 and 32 equals 5. So that's how you find your life path number. All you need is your birthday. So you can find anybody's out if you know what their birthday is. So I was born April twelfth, 1991. And my life path is a 9. So I actually did write down notes this time. <laughs> so that I don't get super lost. And um, one thing that helps me is the fact that numerology is pretty consistent in the sense of, like, whatever your life path number or your destiny number or the numbers, like, in the tarot, your angel numbers that you see or whatever, like, it's pretty consistent in the definition of the number itself. So, for example, a three of cups might show that, you know, there's, creation of a team or that there's a third person involved something like that like the threes are pretty consistent um throughout all of numerology so the life path is no different so for a life path one if you happen to be a one you're usually somebody who's pretty independent because you know one means solo you're probably used to being a leader Somebody with a sense of authority, probably willing to try something new. Um, You're probably not afraid to be alone. And you're more likely to have a fear of failure because you are so used to being number one. So being number one usually comes with being really good at things. So fear of failure is a huge thing with Life Path 1s. Also, um, typically being alone, because number one is solo, you may go to the other end of the spectrum from solitude into fearing isolation, like being too lonely, but finding it hard to still be in a team because you prefer to go your own way. Life Path 1s always remind me of Aquarius. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but... The good thing about a life path one is even with those things that you might be afraid of, they usually move on pretty quick. Because again, they're used to being solo anyway. So negative feelings don't really stick. You're probably used to being an early bird also, just following that theme of being number one, being the first to do things. If people are going to be on time or late, you'll probably be early so that you're still number one. A life path two. So twos are all about. Duality in general or partnerships because it's at least two people. Um, we often see twos when it comes to relationships. Okay, so if you are a life path two, it's going to be almost the opposite of a lot of the qualities of life path one. Twos thrive off partnerships. You and one other person is going to be like the absolute most comfortable space that you're in whether it's romantic professional just friends you have a favorite family member just twos are going to be where you find twosomes are going to be where you find all your power so these are great people to have on a team typically even if it's more than two people because they like to be able to get along so they're really good at harmony um Because they really like to be in partnerships, twos are also typically pretty good at keeping the peace, so you won't find them being super hot-headed or anything like that. Another really interesting thing that I find about life path twos are also that they tend to have really good intuition. I'm not entirely sure how that fits into the number two when it comes to, you know, just like all the other things we know about twos, but... That's just a common characteristic I found mentioned when I very first did my research on them. Okay, so moving on to Life Path 3. I already gave you guys um, an example with that, with the Three of Cups. So Life Path 3s are all about creative things. They're very sacral chakra driven. So they also are, yeah, and your sacral chakra is your third chakra. So that's pretty good to know. Um, but oh no it's not it's your second chakra (laughs) just kidding okay but yeah creativity does go with the sacred chakra too orange but so they're typically people who have a lot of energy life path threes are typically artists Um, it doesn't have to be like a traditional what we think of artists like painting or drawing or singing like just literally anything creative that can be considered art So even blogging or being like a social media influencer, because that's pretty creative. Interior design, cooking, you'll usually find life path threes, having jobs or careers in those type of realms. They're also another person that's really, really going to thrive off of being on a team. They're pretty good at taking advantage of any type of opportunity, and they usually care a lot about the way that they look. It's giving Leo energy to me. 444 is one of the most common angel numbers I see people talk about. And 4s are all about stability, safety, security, things along those lines. So a life path 4 is going to be somebody that's super down to earth. They give me like Virgo energy. It makes me think about Beyonce too. (laughs) Obviously, she's a Virgo, but also her and Jay-Z's theme of just the number four. Um, Life Path 4s also, they're going to be people that are good at making money. So Taurus Energy as well, because stability is really important to them. So they're typically a lot more hardworking than everybody else. And hard work beats talent every day of the week. So you're usually going to find them in a good steady constant position. They're really good with consistency overall, so not just in the things that they do, but also in their mood, in their appearance, which can come off kind of boring to other people. Um very different from number 3s that are very creative, but 4s also tend to be very clear, which is helpful. Um, because they value security. And so when you know exactly what's going on, it's a lot more secure, like you're more likely to be safe. So in a relationship, number fours are typically going to be honest, and they're going to be committed, even if they're not with the best partner, because they just don't want things to change. Um, That consistency is very, very important to them. Um So one thing that I see a lot with Life Path 4s also is that they tend to be religious. So I thought that that was really interesting when I initially was doing research on it because they just like something that's very structured that they can engage in for the long haul. And a religion is usually pretty steady in what they believe, and it's something you can engage in pretty long term. Life Path 5s. So the number five is all about conflict, change, contrast, transformation. It gives me Scorpio energy. If anybody else knows about life paths and you happen to be listening to this, I would love to hear about if you associate um, the life path numbers with any type of zodiac too, or if that's just something that I happen to think of, because I didn't see that anywhere. It's just coming off the dome. But so life path fives. These are people who love change, very different from number fours. Their biggest, I guess, downside would be that they border on chaos a lot because they thrive on conflict. So all conflict isn't bad, but since they thrive on conflict, it's like they don't need um, that safety and security as much. So they can find themselves stirring up conflicts and more so getting on other people's nerves which can turn bad a lot faster. Um, life Path Fives, they also tend to love to travel, which makes sense because they don't really need that stability and they thrive off change. So literally, like I'm thinking of a change of scenery and they're very social. Again, like that's going to depend on your perspective. If they're the type of social that you like, like when we think of Social butterflies, we think of someone just humming around, kind of being friends with everybody. But again, got to bring up the fact that they really thrive off conflict, so they're more likely to debate, which is going to turn a lot of people off. So they don't always know where they're going, but they don't really give a fuck because it's about savoring the journey. Life path six. Um, sixes are typically about generosity, gathering together, community, things like that. So sixes like ones are also usually leaders but in a different way. They're more likely to where um ones might I'm tr- I'm seeing it in my head. I'm trying to get the words out, y'all ones might lead from like a podium for example and number six is they're going to lead by being in the crowd like they're going to be not just calling the shots but they're going to be in the mix so a number one a life path one might be like okay you guys need to do this versus a life path six is like okay we need to do this so they really thrive off people that. Have a different perspective but are open minded so they can come together and get the best output. So you'll find them doing things like maybe being a counselor or a mentor or a teacher. Um, they also do have a little bit of like this philanthropy mindset with them, but we see that more in a nine than a six. And we'll of course get to nine a little bit down the line. So somebody who's a life path six when it comes to partners. They're more likely to be in an open relationship. They do value harmony and commitment, but they really love being in a group. Now, again, all about perspective, you know, um, they might not tell you that this relationship is open. (laughs) So you'll find that Life Path 6s, they have um, issues with monogamy sometimes, sometimes. I just want to say I did not expect for this episode to end up being as long as it is. But I don't know why I didn't because there's so many numbers to go through. But I'm literally not doing anything but laying in bed. So I guess it's fine. And I hope this is informative for you guys. Um, But all right, moving on. Life Path 7. So 7s are all about both rest and strategy, which I find very interesting. And a little bit of creation as well. Um, Because it has that, you know, like... What am I trying to say? Like God took seven days to create the universe or whatever, according to lots of schools of thought. So it kind of has that spin on it. Um, is how I see it. So number seven, life path sevens, they're usually students. They love and thrive off of knowledge. They are very thought-based. They remind me of Libra's. And the swords in tarot. Somebody with a life path is going to be a thinker. So they, of course, can lean towards being an overthinker, which can become a problem sometimes. But there are people that are going to really thrive in like science and math. Um, They're also usually pretty good at history. They're usually like in advanced classes. They usually end up doing like tech, some type of engineering Things like that. So in a relationship, they more so like to be alone because they need that time to think. So I don't want to say they don't make good partners, but if you're somebody who needs lots of attention, reassurance and affection, a life path seven is not going to be for you. I'm going to just say that flat out. Um, A seven would probably go very well with a one. Because y'all could give each other the space that you both need and that will probably work out. So sevens, because they are so logical and analytical. Those are the two words I was trying to think of at first. But they're very logical and analytical, which means that they have a very difficult time being emotional. So this is not the friend you want to come to for emotional support. This is not somebody you want to vent to unless you're about to ask for a solution because they're going to be solution based every single time when it comes to your problems so they're really good at I've already mentioned tech and engineering they're also usually really good professors or they're that person that's just in school forever like I feel like everybody knows at least one person that just has hella degrees they just keep going back to school and you're just like yeah what else do you need to learn but they want to learn everything that's the thing about it Life Path 8s are all about abundance. 888 is one of the other angel numbers I see mentioned the most. And so they're all about the money, 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 money. They're probably the most materialistic sign. Um, so it it gives a lot of masculine energy. Like a lot of dads are very concerned with providing for their children, setting them up for a future And not always, of course, but they're less concerned than the mom typically about, like, those emotional aspects. So they kind of have that in common with the sevens, which can turn out to be an issue, especially in romance. But they're also usually leaders, more so with an authoritarian spin on it. So they're like ones and sixes, but more they're the hardcore version. They're also usually very confident, which can turn into arrogant. And even though they know how to hustle and make money, it doesn't always allude to the fact that that means that they have high skills. So you'll find them more so like jumping around different careers usually or kind of just doing their own thing on on the side, like lots of different hobbies and stuff. Not necessarily always legal because they're just money driven. So however they can get a dollar, they're going to get it, even if they got to take it. Um, So these are usually people that are also under a lot of stress, usually self-inflicted, but stressful nonetheless. So depending on what you feel you need in a partner, they can be kind of difficult to be in a romantic relationship as well. If you're somebody that needs a lot of emotional support and dedication in that area, they're not going to do it for you. But if you're somebody who likes to kind of do your own thing as well, but you want to be taken care of, like you can count on a number eight to spoil you materialistically, which is not bad or good. It's just literally all about your preference and what you want and what you feel like you can do for yourself. So they can kind of balance that out for you. Um, Life path nines. This is the one I know the most about, but I'm going to try to just talk about it the same amount. Just because I'm a nine. So even before I got into all this other spirituality stuff, that's one that I looked up a lot. But nines, um, so nine in numerology in general is usually about things coming to fruition. You made it happen. You're at the end of the path. You have pretty much everything that you want and you're willing to share it. So nines really value wisdom, 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 They are typically um, people that are very resilient. So how I said it goes from one through nine and nine is the end. And that's like fruition or whatever. They typically embody a little bit of all of the other life path numbers before them. So it's like a mix. So if you believe in reincarnation, which is something I personally know to be true, then you and other lifetimes were likely some of all of those other numbers. So if you've had nine lives, if this is literally your ninth life, you probably cycled through each life path number. And so you pulled a little bit from all the other type of people, maybe not the master numbers, but everybody else. And so you've more than likely as life path nine ascended to being more spiritual in this lifetime not necessarily religious although they can end up being religious as well for example I was born a Jehovah's Witness it's something that I truly you know had in my heart to be true and I adhered to it as closely as I possibly could being an imperfect human and then um Once I realized that it was not the truth, I left and I still craved like some type of spiritual connection. So that's actually really common for people that are life path nines. They're always looking for some type of higher source to the point that they can let their intuition outweigh their logic, which can sometimes be a problem. And so you might you're more likely to find a life path being part of a cult along with life path six or a life Path nine being part of a cult along with a nine. <laughs> oh my fucking gosh. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Sixes and nines are going to be in cults more often than anybody else. You almost never find a number one or a number seven in a cult. I'll tell you that right now. Like, if you got them niggas in a cult, psh, you really got some magic on you, baby. But, um, yeah, so they're more likely to be humanitarians. They're also more likely to be altruistic because they're people who have endured a lot of challenges they're more likely to remember their past lives and so like they're usually more concerned with karma than all the other life paths so they're going to be really big on i know that i'm going to reap what i sow so let me make sure that i'm sowing good shit like just for the sake of being good okay so now we are on to the master numbers which are the ones that i know the least about to be honest So I did do research, though, to take enough notes to make sure I'm still giving you guys accurate information, but I might not have as good as um, examples for them. But so a life path 11, this is somebody that's super intuitive. So they're more than likely more likely than the other signs to be like, um, I guess, a witch or a wizard. For lack of a better way to put it, they're more likely to be like a tarot reader or an astrologer, you know, kind of stuff like that. They're very into the esoteric stuff. So they've ascended from just being spiritual or religious straight up to like, okay, I know this shit's real and I'm about to guide you in it. So I think that that's pretty cool. They're usually very confident, but it's less likely to move into arrogance, which I think is cool. Um, And since they're really, really good with their intuition, they're usually somebody that's going to trust the right people and have good discernment, and they're going to be more trustworthy than a lot of other people as well. Nines are also very trustworthy because, again, like they're so freaking scared of collecting bad karma. So nines and elevens are, in general, the people that you can trust the most. Um, They're also going to be one of the best romantic partners because that level of intuition and emotionality um makes them have attention to detail so they're going to be able to really cater to somebody's needs even if they don't have a clue what their needs are so that's really cool almost always their life purpose is to do some type of psychic work like you're almost 9 times out of 10 you're going to find an 11 on that path like Professionally and in their personal life. A life path 22 is usually called the master builder. I don't know why they're the only one that has a pretty cool name like that, but they do. Um, 22 does break down to a 4. Oh, so that's the other thing. So 11s, even though you don't have to reduce that number, they do still carry the characteristics of a 2. So just like 2s are really good in partnerships and 11, that plays into the fact that they're usually a really good partner. So 22s being the master builder, they're really good with stability and stuff like that because 22 breaks down two of four. So they're really good at laying foundations and being connected to other people. They're usually pretty hardworking. They usually work in corporate. They have a high level of dedication, so they're not somebody that you'll see moving around a lot. So they're more likely to stay in the same job until they retire stay in the same house until they die and pass it on to their kids, stuff like that. And they're usually pretty good with just cooperating. Last but not least, we have a life path of 33. This is the most rare one. I didn't um test it, but a lot of the sources say that just like birth dates usually don't add up to a 33. But 33 breaks down to a 6 in numerology, so they're also really People-oriented, community-driven type people. Um, They're oh, they're actually called master teachers. So, twenty twos and thirty threes both get really good names, cool names. But they, along with nines, are the only ones that you'll really find being altruists. Like they're truly selfless people, and they're really, really good with emotional support. So they're more likely to be an empath, which can be a blessing and a curse. One of their main challenges is going to be to keep that balance, like not take on more that they can handle and make sure that they're still taking care of themselves because that selflessness can really turn them into a martyr easily, which can make it to where they're getting more taken advantage of, which of course is not good. So it's really important for Life Path 33s to have really strong boundaries. So I'm going to post this to social media and ask you guys, what is your life path? All right, friend. Well, that was your reading. If anything in it resonated, please go ahead and leave me a comment. And if there's anyone that you think would benefit from this or if you want to share it on your social media, I would definitely appreciate if you pass this podcast episode along. If anything in this hit and you want more information about how it applies to your life specifically, you can book a personal reading with me, either a career reading, a love reading, a general reading, or a few other options by the length of time. You can do that through the link in my show notes. The website is thearesalchemist.com backslash readings. So until next time, friend, I am sending you all love and light, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day.